Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you had a great Christmas. We can look back on a pretty momentous year. We've delivered record funding for the NHS and social care. Schools in England are surging up the global leave tables. We're getting the economy growing. We've cut inflation in half. We've delivered the biggest business tax cut in British history. And in just the last few weeks, we've seen an incredible £60 billion of investment into the UK. So my New Year's resolution is to keep driving forward. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the hosts and representatives of an individual organisation or entity. We at Adam and Roger break the news. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas time. And I'm Adam. <coughs> Sorry, I'm a bit ill at the moment. Apologies there, and I'm sure I'll be coughing and blowing my nose a bit throughout the podcast, so do blare with me, but yeah, I will be editing them out, don't you worry, but I think I was bound to get a cold when I've been in contact with so many people whilst working, and I do just have some sad news, the job was only temporary at Tesco's. And I'm now unemployed again, so not the best, but at least I've got some experience there. Tesco, you fools! I had a feeling that would be the case, but yeah, they did terminate it earlier, but yeah, I thought that would be the case because there won't need that many people afterwards. But at least it was better than my last employer before that. Yeah, and at least it's ended successfully, so you'll have a nice positive reference and you've had a positive working experience. So it's Tesco's loss, but hopefully on to bigger and better things for you. Well, hopefully and hopefully 2024 will be better, which we will be making our predictions next week. Apologies, there were no podcasts last week, although you uploaded... A little Christmas present, yeah, for everyone. It was actually a rejected radio project from the community radio station. Well, I I sent it off to be edited and broadcast and... They never replied back, so I assumed it was rejected. I'm not sure if it were rejected or more like forgotten about. Either way, I wanted to just resurrect it. And I did a little Christmas present last year with my Learning to Drive podcast. So I thought I'd find something else in the digital dustbin and resurrect it here on the feed. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to it. And thank you for those who did. We we get so... uh, very, very tiny bumping listeners over the festive period. And we did manage to get over 600 downloads on Red Circle. So that's about 800 overall now. So thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Yeah, and obviously that type of music doesn't really interest me. I had a quick look to see what it was. But yeah, I didn't listen to the full thing. But yeah, I did have a quick look. So obviously there might be me added to the listenership there as well. Because usually I just listen to it on WhatsApp before it goes out. Well, if listening to me and Adam break down the news each week isn't your thing and you want to hear me talking about a punk rock album for just over an hour, have a look at it. It's called Americanorama. But we're here now to catch up over the last two weeks because, like you said, Adam, we took Christmas off and talk about the news together on this, the 30th of December 2023. So we are looking 2024 right in the face. We oh, certainly are, but obviously Christmas has just been. I've got a waiting Christmas present. We were going to record in person tonight. Unfortunately, we can't because I've got a cold. I'm quite a bad one, actually. It started 
very late on Tuesday evening and it seems to have got a bit worse each day but I might have more than one calls with the amount of people I've been around. How was your actual Christmas Adam? The Christmas was okay before I got with a call later on Boxing Day. I visited my mum and my nana and had Christmas dinner. I visited them twice actually. I went Christmas Eve after I'd finished Tesco as well and we had some stuff to eat and then we had Christmas dinner on Christmas Day and I got some like running stuff like running tops, uh, running bottoms. I got a new printer which yeah, I got my dad to buy me but other than that yeah it was quite good. I got lots of chocolate. I've got a gift to give to you which I'll be giving to you next week hopefully Ooh. providing that I'm better. I had a great Christmas as well, Adam. I spent Christmas Eve at home with my immediate family, my wife and three daughters, who are absolutely rampant through Christmas. On Christmas Day itself, we opened the first lot of Santa presents at our house, and then we went to my mother-in-law's around the corner, had Christmas dinner, and this is really bad. The dinner was so good. While the children were opening their second lot of presents at my mother-in-law's, I fell asleep. (laughs) I actually fell asleep during one of the most exciting parts of Christmas. Oh, so that definitely tells me I need to take a look at my life. So by the time this goes out, I'll have probably already sent the email off. I'm going to take an extended break from community radio stuff because I'm taking on too much in my life. So as I said on the last podcast, I need to reprioritize things, especially if I'm going to exercise and lose weight in the new year as well. I need to look after myself better. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I think that's probably a better idea. Like I say, if you need time off from the podcast, please feel free. Um, Oh, no, 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 no. I love doing this. (laughs) There is one thing that I'd forgotten to mention. I forgot to mention about my park run times over Christmas because I have been doing a few park runs. And I did get some amazing times. And it's not like me to say that they're amazing. So, firstly, 23rd of December, obviously, because we didn't record last week. I got 19.39 at Brighouse. That's six seconds faster than my previous PB of 19.45 there. But obviously not my fastest. And then I actually, on Christmas Day, here's the big one, I got 19.35. Now, that beats my overall PB by one second because my previous PB were at Roberts at 1936. I've now got it at Lister, and it's four seconds faster than my previous PB at Lister Park Run. So, my new overall PB is now at Lister Park Run at 1935, and I got that on Christmas Day. What a day to get that time. And then today, now, this time isn't quite as good, but I think that's probably... Mostly because I've got a cold. I was up through night. I absolutely felt awful. I was coughing and everything. But I still went out for a run. I got 19.58. Came in second place as well. So it wasn't quite that bad. And that were at Halifax Park Run. That's 56 seconds faster than my previous PB there. But I haven't been there for about six or seven months. And I've never done very well on that car. So there's always been some reason why I haven't done very well. The last time I didn't get a PB. And that was because... I hadn't been running for a little bit because I came straight after I'd been doing some campaigning and I didn't have time to do much running, but I got on top of it and I started doing some running. But yeah, it takes a few weeks to get back into it, but 
Yeah, I was actually very happy with that time, especially considering I had a cold. I was actually a little bit frightened of doing it because I was worried that I might make my cold worth, which I might be doing. Not sure it was the best of ideas to be doing the running when I've got cold and the cough, especially when it's a bit of a chesty cough. But I did it, and yeah, I was quite happy with my time there. Congratulations, mate. I'm... And I've got another pack from and spoken to my dad where I'm doing it yet on New Year's Day, so I'll have to see how that goes. Well, it's great to see that you're starting the new year fit and healthy and better than ever, and I hope the discomfort with your cold is worth it. I don't know about that. We'll have to sit and see see what I'm like in the next few days, but, yeah, I'm feeling very well. But I was just going to say, I, I've had a pretty good time recovering from Christmas as well. I've had a pounding headache today, but paracetamol and ibuprofen have kicked in. On Boxing Day, my mum and grandma came over and it was good to see my mum and gran in fine fettle and we ordered takeaways from Bradford on that day. We used to always do our own buffet thing, but it was too much work, so we just order out now. And my grandma, who's well in her 80s, can never believe it. She always says, I can't believe this place is open delivering food on Boxing Day. I say, Grandma, this is Bradford. There's hundreds of places open on Christmas Day. She's like, you're joking, surely not. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, she's used to life in her little village. Today, we've actually started taking down our Christmas decorations because we need our room and our house back. And I'll be glad not to be sharing the kitchen with these guinea pigs. Before we do get into it, because we've spent a lot of time catching up there, Adam, have you got anything else to add? Not regarding my park runs and not regarding my work life, I don't think so. I'm going to be trying to get an election leaflet out hopefully within the next few weeks or months and I'm sure we've got a lot of election predictions probably lined up for our next podcast but I do just want to mention that our 2023 prediction results are going to be at the end of this podcast so do stay listening for those but before we go any further you've got a quick recap of 2023 I may add a few things in if there's anything that I think that you've missed that's big but Do you want to lead with that? Well, two things first. First of all, if you want to make our New Year dream come true, email us at breakthenewspod at gmail.com. Especially if you've got a prediction for the year ahead and you'd like us to monitor it and feature it on the show, we absolutely will. So email any predictions you've got to breakthenewspod at gmail.com. I'm actually having a drink tonight, so he is raising a glass of Lidl's Mixed Fruit Premium Cider. Oh, just clinked it against the table there. Cheers, and here's to 2023, the back of it. I hope you enjoy your drink tonight, and I'm sure you'll be having another one tomorrow. As long as I don't fall asleep, absolutely. So... Let's have that recap over 2023. Like you said there, Adam, I'm going to give about two or three news stories from each month. And if you've got anything you want to say about any of them, Adam, just pitch in. And if there's anything you think I've missed out, by all means, say it. I'm going to ask you at the end as well what you think the biggest story of the year has been. Yeah, I don't think it's a very good one, but yeah, I think I know what the biggest story is, but I'll mention that at the end. Awesome. So going all the way back to last January, the year started with the release of Prince Harry's book, Spare, also known as Where, in which he whinged about his brother and said that his brother had beat him up and he really made a bit of an embarrassment of himself. Rishi Sunak received a fine 
because he filmed a social media video of himself in a car and he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. What a numpty. And the travel company Fly B went under. Anything to say about any of that? Not really, but I remember all happening. I didn't really take much interest in the first story, though. I'm not really interested in the rails, but I know it's something close to you, and I know it's something close to many of the public. Well, in February, we had the largest strike in decades happening when half a million people went on strike in one day, which included teachers, civil servants, border force workers, university lecturers, security guards and train drivers. February was also the month where Nicola Sturgeon resigned and it was Rishi Sunak's first reshuffle of the year. Mm, Yeah, it's amazing just what stuff goes on in each month. I cannot remember which month what happened, but yeah, I remember all those stuff. It was good to see the back of Nicola Sturgeon, wasn't it? It certainly was, but have we got someone that's even worse than Nicola Sturgeon now? Well, someone's certainly a lot less relevant, and he'll be even more irrelevant come the elections. More on that Probably, later. yeah, um, and he's very, very woke. He's right on the left of the party. This is Humza Youssef, yeah? Yep, that's right. I don't think he's going to do very well. I don't either. I think Labour are going to take most of the seats, although I think the Conservatives are expected to pick up one seat from the SNP, but only one. Well, in March, that was when the COVID WhatsApp government messages started to leak. That's also the month where we had the Gary Lineker scandal, where Gary got taken off air for expressing political opinions and a lot of the BBC presenters, especially the football ones, all went on strike in solidarity with him. Do you remember that? Yes, I do, yeah. Because it was Lineker, Lineker, Lineker for about three weeks. It was a very slow news month, March. Although there were the budget in March, I believe. Oh, yeah, but I haven't got that. So that is something that I picked up on straight away. (laughs) But I guess financial news does not take your interest as much as me, does it? No, but you'd imagine I would have spotted it, though, when I went through the news. Oh, well, at least that's one I didn't spot. So well done, Adam. I've only got one article for April, which was in April that emergency alert was sent to us all on our mobile phones. Do you remember that? I remember that day really, really well, Roger. And the reason I remember it is because I got an alert whilst I was knocking on someone's door. I was out election campaigning that day. Actually, my mum used to live on the street that I was actually campaigning on, funnily enough, when that alert went off. So I remember that day very, very well. I went to great lengths to make sure I didn't get that alert, and fortunately I didn't. (laughs) And You mentioned the local elections there, and that's because in May, of course, it was the local elections. So I've put that on the list. It was also Coronation Day, so less interesting there for you, Adam. And it was also when the um, Philip Schofield story started to break, all the all the rumours that he'd had inappropriate relationships during his time hosting this morning. So quite a busy month in May, wasn't it? Yes, and you were very, very quick to pick up on that Philip Schofield. You didn't even want to mention it on the podcast when there were just very vague rumours, did you? No, because you have to be careful. But yeah, I remember you picking that up very very quickly, although I have noticed that the majority, not all, but the majority of rumours online are 
True, although this week we had a rumour that were false, which were about Blackpool Tower, and I could say an awful lot more about that, but I don't think we're going to go down that route tonight. Oh, I don't mind mentioning it a little bit, because I got taken in as well. A, a BBC alert told me that Blackpool Tower was on fire, and after about an hour or two of panic, it turns out it was just some orange tarp flapping in wind, wasn't it? Yes, and i seen that orange like netting, I've seen it in the tower itself, so it wouldn't surprise me if someone's cut it up and then put it up there, but I thought it looked a little bit like that, it didn't look like proper flames, but it does look very similar, I remember I was really frightened of it when I was younger, I actually thought there were fires in the building, so I can see how easy it is to mistake that for fires, but whoever did that, it caused real panic. I thought the same as well, but I was a fool and believed what the BBC were telling me. Well, I, I believe what saying. everyone was saying because obviously I could only see pictures. I wasn't really paying attention, but I would have expected the people that were taking the videos to have been able to tell what a flame was and what that netting was. Well, apparently Specsavers have done quite well out of it because they've put adverts up all over Blackpool and offered people free eye tests and everything. Wow, I can see why it's because to show just how silly some people were. But they do, obviously, if you haven't been in the tower, you wouldn't have even seen that yellow netting before, so you wouldn't have known what they were, and you'd have just automatically assumed it were fire. And Shoals, you have to check your sources and not just react to news, even if yeah. the source is the BBC. And it's always best to err on the side of caution, but... Like I said, the BBC should have made sure they got the facts right. And it wasn't just the BBC. Many other news outlets, including GB News that we watch, even mentioned it. So it wasn't just the BBC. True. The biggest story in June was Boris. He finally stood down as an MP. Just one scandal too many. I can't remember exactly what the final thing was that got him. Neither Um, can I. I think um, it might have been the WhatsApp messages. It might have been, but yeah, he decided to leave as an MP, and I think a few other MPs went with him as well, didn't they? Nadine Dorries, can't remember when she went, but I think she went as well. Yeah, and then in July, we had, similar to Philip Schofield, you'll remember, we had allegations against newsreader Hugh Edwards, and that was another one that I mentioned on the podcast, but didn't name him directly at the time. There were all sorts of rumours going around as to who that was. It was a blockbuster month for movies where we had Barbenheimer, where the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer came out and they were the most watched film since 2019. So that kind of gave the cinema industry some hope. And also in July, we had a bunch of by-elections as well, which the Conservative Party did uh, not do very so well. Yeah, they they'll have been the ones like when Nadine Dorries resigned and Boris Johnson resigned, obviously. Yeah, that's what triggered those elections. And I think the only seat that they kept was Boris Johnson's. <laughs> it was. I remember it well. They had three on the same day. And I think the three main parties all got a slice. Conservatives held one, Labour gained from one, and the Lib Dems gained from one. August was a miserable month. That's when the retailer Wilkinson's, or Wilco, went under, and when Lucy Letby was found guilty of killing seven babies and attempting to kill six others. So that was a very grim month. Yep, it was. And that Lucy Letby scandal dominated the news for weeks, didn't it? Yeah, also it set an agenda because she refused to attend her sentencing trial. So Rishi Sunak 
did too little too late and put in some legislation which basically forces criminals to attend their sentencing hearings in future. I don't even think that's gone through yet. I'm not sure. I think it's going through this year or whatever, but I need to fact-check that. But, yeah, it shows just how one story can actually change the laws. And it's a shame because that should have been something that someone spotted and they fixed Mm. before it was too late and before justice was not done. However, she will rot in prison now for the rest of her life. So that's justice in a way, I suppose. And she'll always have to watch her back if she's in women's prisons. Yeah. In September, we were back to school. And just as we went back to school, the rack concrete scandal emerged. So a lot of schools couldn't go back because school had wrong concrete. American bully XL Dogs banning legislation was put forward for them. The ban, I think, officially starts later next year in 2024. And there was a second reshuffle. Yeah, and I believe that was just a mini reshuffle, wasn't it, in September? Yes, it was, but it was the third of the year. Yeah, because there were another one, I think, just the other month ago, I can't remember that, November, but yeah. It's amazing just how close these reshuffles were because I never actually remember covering the September one, but I think there was so much news that month, I don't even think I covered it. No, I think the constant reshuffles kind of says something about Rishi's leadership. October, we had another familiar-sounding story, another celebrity being accused of impropriety. This time it was Russell Brand, but then the biggest news story definitely of October, probably the whole year, is Hamas committed a terrorist attack against Israel and several other attacks which started the whole Israel-Gaza conflict that is still ongoing now. Yeah, and it's triggered an awful lot of protests in this country. There were even a big one in Leeds today, still going on, still attacks going on in Israel and Gaza. And I agree, and I was going to mention what um, I thought the biggest news story of the year were And I think that is unfortunately. I agree with you. I think it is the biggest news story of the year. However, I think probably the biggest thing of the year is AI. But there hasn't been any individual news story about that. I just think it's something that people are concerned with. So between Mm. AI and the Israel-Gaza situation, I think those are definitely the biggest stories of the year. I think Richard Sunak wants the UK to take a leading role in producing AI. He's had a lot of summits regarding AI, hasn't he? He would be a fool if he wants us to take a leading role in reducing it, in controlling it and doing well out of it. I thought he wanted to take a leading role in across all of it, so I think he wants to help promote AI, but he also wants to look at the safety of AI as well. So he wants to look into the whole thing, I think. Yeah, and no doubt AI will be a massive theme for the next few years going forward. It's considered the next big thing in terms of tech, and I've no reason to disbelieve that. Yeah, and I think I remember reading, I think ChatGPT came out around December, November time last year. So I think it's been out just over a year's time now. Yeah, you're about right, and what a great tool it is, but... I'm sure we'll see more interesting tools like it emerging. Hopefully one day they'll release an AI audio editor. That'll be nice, won't it? It certainly will, yeah. So in November, that was when the AI summit took place, Bletchley Park, but we've already talked about that. Next, on November the 10th, Rishi Sunak said he had full confidence in Suella Braverman. And then on the 13th, 
There was reshuffle three, in which Suella was sacked. And was that in November? Ah. Yep. It was also the month where the Supreme Court declared the Rwanda plan unlawful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot happened in that month, and I think the mini-budget also took place. That might be in October, actually. In November, I can't remember, but I do think a lot happened in November month regarding immigration. And, well, at the end of November in December, we even had immigration ministers resigning, and we've got two now. So, yeah, it's all up in air is that, and um, I think that is going to play a big issue for the Conservatives come the next election in 2024. I'm not making that a prediction, but there'll be plenty of predictions that'll be coming your way next week, so do stay tuned to those. Absolutely. And the last month for 2023 for me to go over is this month, December. Actually, December's been a quieter news month, And the only main story I've got down here is all the storms we've been having. This month in the UK alone, we've seen tornadoes in Manchester and we've had storms. Ellen, Fergus, Pia, we're on the back end of Storm Garrett now. We're probably going to get more coming up in the next few days. It's bad out there. It is, but it is winter, isn't it? So what more could you expect? We had cold quite unusual thunderstorm a few nights ago where we were very 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 loud thunder and very bright lightning i read in telegraph and Argus that it actually struck a home um in bradford but yeah it was one of the loudest thunder i've ever heard yeah it was one of them claps of lightning where you actually heard the lightning first where it cracks across the sky where you hear that initial And then you hear the rumble immediately afterwards. It wasn't just a rumble, it was more of a big bang, wasn't it? Yeah. Where that house struck, my dad was out running at the time, and it was just literally a street away from where my dad was actually running at the time. He actually saw it. It was really, really bright and really, really loud. So he even experienced even more a house on Heart and Bank top that it struck. So that one that you said were really loud... It was actually closer to me than you, and it was really, really loud here. Well, the bad weather we're having has even affected people down south. Our Eurostar services to and from London St Pancras International have been cancelled due to flooding in a tunnel, leading to at least 29 service cancellations. In fact, it appeared on my news feed about half an hour ago, they've cancelled all train services that use the Channel Tunnel now. Southeastern's high-speed services to Ebb's fleet were also affected. Travel journalist Simon Calder described St Pancras as in chaos, with people, including those heading to Disneyland for New Year's, experience service disruptions. Eurostar is offering affected customers full refunds or exchanges, and the flooding, described as unprecedented, has caused severe delays. This is the second major disruption in 10 days following a strike by French workers before Christmas. Other transport services, including Thameslink and Northern Rail, are also impacted due to staff shortages, severe weather and Storm Garrett. Yellow weather warnings for wind, rain and snow are issued across the UK with potential flooding, power supply interruptions and delays in various regions. Bad time to be using public transport, innit, Adam? Yeah, but you get storms all the time and you're just unlucky if you hit a, if you have a bad point. But yeah, public transport is bad as enough as it is in this country anyway, isn't it? If you have to go get a 576 bus, 
You'd be waiting nearly an hour on a normal business day. The 576 is a bus that goes from Bradford to Halifax, isn't it, Adam? And yes. When I was a student, when I first came to Bradford, the 576 used to come less than every 10 minutes. And now yeah. it's supposed to be a 15-minute service, but it's more like an hour service. Oh, you're lucky if you get two in an hour, aren't you now? Yes, you are. It just all depends on the traffic. Often you'll see these buses, they end up so delayed, they end up going a slightly different route that cuts out the traffic. They go through North Arms, Shelf, etc., and down Manchester Road sometimes. Or what they might do if they're running very late, they might turn around, they might... Uh, going to no service. It's just a really bad bus service, really, and it's been made much worse with the buses being delayed because of the city centre roadworks. But this is it, though. They say to you, use public transport, use public transport, save the planet. But at a time like this, with the weather and with the public holidays, if you relied on public transport, you're stranded. You often are, yeah. You spend ages waiting, and they're not even guaranteed to turn up anywhere. I know Eurostar is slightly different to public transport, but I almost feel sorry for these people who are now stuck, not able to get abroad for Christmas or New Year. But at the same time, there are worse things that can happen than you have your holiday cancelled. Yeah, it's if you're getting back, that's a bigger problem, isn't it? Because you might have workplaces that you need to be like work. Yeah, but most decent employers understand if these things happen. And when it makes national news, at least you've definitely got your reasons. That is true, but people might not be able to afford to lose out on the lost income if they're not at work and the employer's not going to pay them. No, so it's always something you have to bear in mind when you're planning a holiday, isn't it? Have a little bit of reserve, plan for an emergency. Mm, yeah, make sure you have extra money in backup. So, yeah, it's always better to be prepared. I just hope that they get the Channel Tunnel back functioning pretty soon. And I just want to update you all that the Euro Tunnel is now reopened again. I think we're just lucky that we live on top of a big hill around the ball surrounding Bradford, so we don't experience flooding and that as much as others. We don't experience it at all here, but the rivers can flood in Bradford. I remember the Boxing Day floods, I think, of 2015 or 2016, I can't quite remember. I do. My mum's village was on the news because that was one of the biggest floods. Yeah, but that must have been absolutely awful as she lived right near the river. It was, and she was pretty scared for a day or two, but fortunately it never reached her house. That's good, at least it didn't reach her house. But there is some good news on the horizon, because we had inflation figures, not last week, but the week before. So in November, a surprising drop in inflation from 4.6% to 3.9%, the lowest in over two years has raised expectations of the Bank of England cutting interest rates sooner than anticipated. The decline is attributed to lower petrol prices and slowing prices for food and household goods. While inflation has decreased, it remains nearly double the Bank of England's 2% target, impacting households with high energy bills and borrowing costs. Some economists predict Rate cuts in the first half of 2024, earlier than previously forecast. Despite improvements, many households and businesses still face financial pressure and the cost of living crisis persists. 
So were you surprised about this dramatic fall? I know it wasn't as much of a fall as the previous month, but it's still a big fall. Were you surprised by it? Pleasantly, but generally the economy does seem to have been improving over the last couple of months. I'm quite pleased that we haven't seen a supermarket price hike yet, but that still may come once we're actually in 2024. What do you think? A supermarket price hike, you reckon? Yeah, because normally they do that at the start of every calendar year. I'm not so sure, actually, because if oil prices are falling, it means that goods actually cost less. So I'm not sure that'll happen this year. So that is good news and an encouraging start to the year. Here is hoping that we do see the results of these rate cuts. Yeah, hopefully we do get interest rate cuts. But like I say, we'll just have to wait and see. But inflation seems to be coming down. And what's also good news as well is that month on month, inflation actually fell. Fell, not rose. Yep, it fell by minus 0.2%. So that is actually good news for once. Nearly always we see it rise, but yep, we actually saw a little bit of deflation in the month, not across the year, which is still 3.9%. But like I say, if prices start coming down, it's better than them going up. But deflation can often indicate a recession, so it's not always necessarily good news. But I think the main reason we're seeing prices come down is mostly because of commodities, including oil's a big one that drives inflation. We've seen that drop a lot lately. Well, I hope it carries on from a personal point of view. And have you noticed that the price at the pumps have been a lot cheaper lately? Sadly not, because I stuck a load of fuel in about two weeks ago and then I haven't gone anywhere since. So I only keep an eye on the price of fuel when I'm doing a lot of driving. But yeah, if you're not going anywhere, you won't be seeing the fuel bumps. I did notice that at the Asda near me, it was only 133p per litre a couple of days ago, which is the cheapest I've seen it for well, since I got the car, I think. Yep, so like I say, that's very good news. And that means that prices might also come down on stuff like food as well, because obviously everything has transportation costs. But I'm not as convinced because if they're raising the minimum wage, the labour costs have a big knock-on effect on prices of groceries and every other essential item as well. I think we are seeing a little bit less corporate greed this winter time, which is good. Do you still think that corporations were greedy about a year or two ago? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So what's made them become less greedy then? They're not as panicked about the economy anymore. Do you think that they were frightened about the losses that they made during the pandemic and therefore they were trying to recoup them? Well, some businesses maybe, but there were also certain other businesses who basically had monopoly during the pandemic and then they wanted to keep it that way. They wanted to keep their profits at that level. I disagree. I think the main cause of inflation was actually cost plus inflation where because the commodity prices, wages had increased and that's the reason the businesses have to pass on the costs. And I still think we're seeing a bit of cost plus inflation now because of wage increases. But like I say, commodity prices have come down a lot, which is therefore why we're seeing prices reduce. It just seems like everything's cost plus inflation these days rather than the other types of inflation, which means interest rates don't really do much. I don't think they need much of an excuse to raise their prices, to be honest, Adam. 
Well, I'm a bit more sympathetic to the businesses because I believe that obviously they are facing increased costs and obviously farmers are also demanding more because everything else is going up. So it's like a spiral. But like I say, I think it's sorted itself out because commodity prices have come down. And if prices do continue to improve, hopefully people will feel less desperate and there'll be less crime. Fingers crossed, but not so sure that'll be the case because the police do seem to have lost control. So, more than half of police forces in England and Wales, totalling 22 out of 43, are failing in crime investigations, receiving inadequate or requiring improvement ratings from official watchdog reports. The Inspectorate of Constabulary plans an investigation into these failures next year, citing a record low proportion of crimes solved. Issues include missed leads, delayed response to crime scenes, and challenges in handling emergency calls. Home office figures reveal a decline in charged suspects from 1 in 6 a decade ago to 1 in 18. Despite additional resources, none of the forces excel in investigating crime or responding to the public. Nine forces, including Thames Valley and West Midlands, worsened in crime investigations. Greater Manchester was the sole improver. Suffolk and Surrey dropped in public response weightings while Greater Manchester improved. Humbersides emerged as the top farce with six farces ranked the worst, three of which are in special measures. The National Police Chiefs Council insists most farces are performing well but commits to addressing shortcomings. What do you make of this, Roger? I think they've got a lot of improving to do before I go back to calling them a police force. Right now we have a police service and not a very good one. I agree with you and I actually looked at the table which was in the Telegraph and they had different scars to different ones and funnily enough the West Yorkshire Police, the one that we're under, is actually second best. Homicide's the best but second best is West Yorkshire funnily enough but... When it comes to investigating crime, it only gets three out of five. So that's actually lower, but it's good at treating public fairly. But that's probably because of all the work stuff. And apparently it's good at preventing crime. Not sure I agree with that. Strategic planning and value for money. It's good at that. I'm not sure I agree with that either. There'd need to be awesome value for money in Bradford because they're probably going to declare bankruptcy next month. Yep, and I read an article today by Philip Davis and it sounds like they don't even know how much they failed to balance the books by. Some estimates suggest it could be more than £100 million. I reckon it's going to be more on the negative side. I reckon they're trying to skew up the figures. Wouldn't surprise me. And that is going to be a disaster for our council tax. The only way they're going to be able to balance the books is to raise the council tax by an incredible hike. So it could potentially put a lot of families into bankruptcy as well. And yet, all of these councillors will still get voted in in May. They'll still get voted in, Adam. I know they will. Even if the council tax was doubled, they'd still get voted in, wouldn't they? 
Bradford, we get the councillors and politicians that we deserve. If I didn't have such close family ties here, I would be gone. Yeah, that's the only probably reason that I'm here as well, family ties, because my family are here. And that's the same with you, isn't it? Your family are here, so you're in Bradford. Absolutely. But yeah, I know it is an absolute <laughs> that's what we call it. It's, I know we shouldn't be calling it that, but it is. Well, there are some things that the police have done to improve themselves, and some things have worked. I suppose it's a bit like the NHS. Those early signs of improvement are there, but it's too little too late. I'm not sure if we are receiving much improvement, as we'll find out in the next article. I'm not going to read it all because my mouth is absolutely hearing, but basically there's going to be new rules for the police to attend burglaries within an hour. And that comes after new rules have been brought in because obviously they've had a lot of criticism, the police, over not attending burglaries. But if they're going to have to attend burglaries within an hour, do you think they'll achieve that target? So far, they've managed to hit the target of attending every burglary since you and I have they managed to? I think it depends on the police force. All right, I'll say that in general. And I'm willing to give them a chance. Certainly they should be. If you get burgled, police should be around pretty sharpish. I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah, but I'm not sure this will be achieved. We've seen how corrupt the Met were when Suella Breverman, she was asking the police not to take sides and then they continued to do so, even when she'd asked them not to. So I don't trust the police to actually do the job. Well, Suella Braverman commanded all the respect of a do-not-tumble-dry label, didn't she? Yeah. So the police certainly need some stronger leadership in 2024. But like I said, there are signs of improving and there's initiatives there that will help them to improve. And I don't think it is the fault of many individual police officers. I think most individual police officers are great and want to do a better job, but they need better training and better leadership. They're not all lesbian nanas. I agree. There obviously are bad apples within a police force, but I think it's mostly down to the management. Obviously, there's a recruitment issue, and I think another big issue which has been talked a bit about recently is the overcrowding of prisons. They're not allowed to have prisons so overcrowded, and because of that, they can't even prosecute them. Another issue is the Crown Prosecution Service. That's got really long delays, so actually getting the suitable evidence, which is often very demanding, needs to be very clear evidence for them to actually be able to solve a crime. It's very, very difficult to gather as well, so I think there are a lot of faults that need to be sorted out to actually make it an effective force because many in the public, many criminals know this. They know that they can get away with committing crimes and they know they're not going to get prosecuted for it and that's a sad reality of just how bad it's got, I think. I think in 2024, the police need to show their force a lot more as well. We have seen too much rioting and disruption and public crime this year and then they need to to take politics and culture out of it and start laying down the law, regardless of any of those things. I completely agree with you. And shall we move on to the probably the most exciting bit of the podcast that we've been waiting for? Let's see how our predictions fared in 2023. 
Oh, yes, you've been waiting for this. Me less so, because I've got written down here all of our predictions for 2023. So let's see how we did, and let's see who got the um, highest proportion right, me or you. (laughs) So the first two predictions were from me, and my first prediction was my death picks for 2023. Three well-known figures who I think will sadly depart from us this year. And my three are... The comedian Billy Connolly, the comedy actor David Jason, and finally Vladimir Putin. And that was a big fact. <coughs> All three are still alive, especially Vladimir Putin, kicking and well, and that war rumbles on. Oh dear. So and that's a zero for you. Indeed. It's a, I'll have um, to get a notepad up and write the score down so you get the worst. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> The next prediction I made, I made 10 predictions. I think you made five. My next prediction was this year, Great Britain will send migrants to Rwanda, but this number will not enter three figures. And I'm giving myself (coughs) for that one as well, because we didn't send any at all. Zero. So yarn zero. I predict that the inflation rate will fall in the UK. Which was a very easy one. But it did, so it's 1-0. I'm tempted to only give you half a point for that because it fell way further than that, but the prediction was right, so I'll give you the point. Fair enough. My next predictions were my buy and sell for the year. Every year I think of one company that I would buy shares in and one company that I would sell shares in if I was that way inclined. The company that I would buy is... GB News. The company that I would sell this year is TikTok. It's been an up and down year for GB News. But they have increased listenership, so I would give you a point for that. Okay, I think that's a very generous point for you there. My sell was TikTok, which is a big fact. (coughs) TikTok's as big as ever. So overall, I'm giving myself a zero for those predictions. Well, I'll give you half a point because you got GB News right. Very generous, Adam. Your next prediction was... Rent prices will soar further. Yes, we have absolutely seen them soar. In fact, I saw an article today that was predicting that rents will continue to soar next year, even though house prices will go down. So, for that one, Adam, well done. So, I've got two and your and a half still. Yeah, (laughs) not looking good. Good for me here, is it? (laughs) Let's see if I can get the next one right. A science prediction. I predicted that no man-made objects will land on the moon in 2023. Yeah, I got that one right. Nothing's landed on the moon. Rockets don't work, none. It feels like it's not been a great year for space exploration. And my next one, this is what happens when I... I try to make a financial prediction, Adam. I predicted that Bitcoin will not make a significant recovery in 2023. <laughs> I think Bitcoin is worth something like 80k at the moment, so I was dead wrong there. Worth 33,256, but it has recovered 154.14% in the past year. And so, yep, you're wrong. So you got one of those right, so I'll give you another half point there. Oh, you're too kind. Well, you got one of them spot on, didn't you, which was uh, no objects would land on the moon. So you got one of them right, one of them wrong. So you get half a point for yours there. 
Nice. That's the only one I'm calling a hit so far. Your next one was that... I know, I'm a member, but I think the Conservatives will do terrible in the May local elections. Absolutely true. Like we said earlier... They lost more than a thousand. So I'm calling that terrible. I'm definitely giving you the point on that one. I agree that that was terrible, yep. My next prediction was a big event in 2023 is going to be Charles's coronation. And I predict that Harry and Meghan will attend that coronation, but that will be their last time in the UK in 2023. Now, if I were being generous, I could say I'd get half a point here because Harry went to the coronation, but their children didn't and Meghan stayed home with the kids. And neither of them have returned to the UK since then, I don't think. I know Meghan's not been in the UK since then. No, I think I'll give myself a (coughs) for that as well. Fair enough. I'm and not shocked because I, I don't really follow the royal news, but I'll let you be harsh on yourself. But yeah, okay, that's fine. And the next prediction I made was that the comedian Peter Kay will be cancelled. <laughs> he's still as popular as ever. I should see his show and see if it's actually funny. I don't know if he's gigging in 2024. I know I'm going to see Jerry Saderich again later on in May, and he's a very funny but very naughty comedian. My next one is that there will be large numbers of excessive deaths in the UK this year. I'm going to say I got that one completely wrong. I predicted that because of the NHS waiting list saw him. I believe they were for minor illnesses, and thankfully we've actually seen some weeks that have had lower excess deaths. I know there's been overall, I think, slight amount of excess deaths, but I'm going to say that I got that one wrong. Fair enough. Very rare miss for you there, Adam. You've got two more predictions coming up. My final predictions were that Great Britain will remain bound to the European Convention on Human Rights. Yes, yep, still there. Still hanging over us. They never got that sorted out, did they? Pathetic. And then my last one, I must have had a lot of faith and optimism because I predicted that for this September, universal free school meals will be announced for all English primary school children. And we didn't even have the tax. I think Rishi sort of hinted that it had been considered, but never happened. So you got one of those right and one of those wrong, so I'll give you a half a point there. Fair enough. Your final full prediction, Adam, was... 2023 will be the hottest year on record globally in modern times. For that one, mate. Well done. Last year you predicted that the number of migrants to this country would go up. Do you think in 2023 it's going to go up, down, or stay about the same? I would actually predict that it may actually go down. I still think there'll be very high numbers. And I'm going to say they'll be roughly the same. Well, I think we're both wrong. I think they've both gone up, haven't they? Apart from the illegal ones, which have come down. But the overall migrants, the legal ones have gone up. So I think we've both got that one wrong. But you were closer. (laughs) But it's still a big fat for both of us there so overall what scores have you got for us overall adam so because you did twice as many as me i've been counting yours as half points for each one so you've got one and a half and i've got four (laughs) so in other words you got more than half of your predictions right and i got 
about you got three predictions right and i got less than a third of mine so i'm really bad at these and you're really good have i chose easy predictions like saying that inflation would fall that was a very easy one wasn't it yeah yeah but hey that's the game we're playing it's always good and fun to make well this time i'll have to make my predictions harder because i made them so easy that yeah i was bound to get most of them right so this year I'll have to try and make them a bit harder and be a bit more skilled in them so that they're not as broad. So next Saturday, when we are starting our new year, Adam and I will record our 2024 predictions. So you can look forward to that, dear listener. Yep, definitely. And if you'd like to get in touch with your predictions, you can email them to us at breakthenewspod.com gmail.com i believe we're still waiting for our first email we are that's how we would like to start our new year with an email from one of you i know there are people out there listening please email us yep please do and if you'd like to share our podcast please feel free to share on social media with your family and friends would like to get more listeners but for now i'd like to thank you all for listening this evening and take care and have a happy new year although it'll probably be new year by this has gone out anywhere how are you going to bring in the new year adam with a park run i believe what will you be doing at midnight tomorrow at midnight i'll probably be getting woken up by fireworks oh well i usually stay up and we watch the bongs on tv as a family if my daughters can stay awake so that's what we'll do. No reason to go out or do anywhere. Um, I have a back from the next day, so I'll be trying to get some sleep. Well, get sleep what I can, and then, yeah, doing a park run. Kicking off 2024 in style. And I'm looking forward to spending another 2024 with you, breaking the news, Adam. Yeah, I think I remember last year's park run. I didn't have the best of park runs on New Year's Day. I remember doing Harton and... I think my dad was injured. I think he was volunteering. I can't remember if that's the day when I got really, really wet, but I got really, really wet at one of them. One of them came down really heavy in January. I can't remember whether it was that one or a few weeks later, but yeah, it is that time of year. And unfortunately, I do seem to get wet a lot of running at the moment. Well, I wish you a good recovery and all the best, mate. Thank you. And yeah, and, and hopefully we'll be recording in person next week providing that i'm better looking forward to it and thank you everyone for listening thank you and i'll see you next week thank you bye if i had the blueprint or the brain i would build an airplane fashion wings of balsa wood and glue And I would fly to you I'd carve a prop from old recycled wood-halves All these relentless could-halves These pointless might-have beans All the storms that I would gladly battle through So I could fly to you Had I the method or the means I would build a time machine 
I'd make it from the scraps you always find When someone leaves their broken dreams behind And I'd fuel it with the beats that my heart misses When you sign your name with kisses Made of axes when you text me It's so silly but any fuel and any fire will do I will fly